Well, if you love the Lord and you don't care who knows it, clap your hands and give God big praise. I bet you can do better than that. If God has really been good to you, clap your hands and give the Lord big praise. This is the day the Lord has made and we are rejoicing already and we're glad in it. I'm glad to be here. Glad we give praises to God, our Father, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and the Holy Ghost, who is our comforter, keeper, and guide until Jesus comes again. And the good news is, he is coming again. I'm glad to be at One Community Church. I've been here since day one in the hotel. Amen. Uh, Conway Edwards and I go back a long way before One Church, and I'm thankful for the friendship, and I'm really excited about what the Lord is doing in his life and in this ministry. I mean, let's give God praise for what he's doing at One Community Church. What a wonderful blessing that is. Well, let's pray and let's jump right in. God, we thank you today for your blessings. We thank you for another Sunday morning. We thank you for keeping us in your care and bringing us to this place of worship. I pray that you'd hide me and you be glorified. Think with my mind and speak with my mouth. Give me the fresh anointing I need to speak to your people. We need you to speak because we're listening. We need to hear what it is you have to say to the end that souls are saved and lives are changed and we leave here far better than we came. In Jesus' name, and all of this, you be glorified, and the people of God shout amen. All right, well, I've been coming here for 11, 12 years, however long you've been open, I've been coming. So you know how it goes. I, we talk back. I, I say a little bit, you say a little bit. It, it's a conversation. Uh, just like that, yep. Uh, and so I'm a mixture of Baptist and Pentecostal, so we call that Baptocostal. And so I need you to uh, talk back with me. I feel better when you talk back with me. Our book is Ruth. Our chapter is one. And for time's sake, I'll only read the first six. But your lesson is coming from the entire chapter. And I'm reading from the ESV. Uh, the book is Ruth. Chapter is one. Beginning in verse one, it says, In the days when the judges uh, ruled, there was a famine in the land. And a man of Bethlehem in Judah went to sojourn. In the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons, the name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilion. Uh, they were Ephrathites from Bethlehem in Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there, but Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died, and she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives. The name of one was Orpah and the name of the other Ruth. They lived there about 10 years and both Malon and Kilion died so that the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. Verse 6 is where we'll park for this time. It says, then she arose with her daughters-in-law to return from the country of Moab for she had heard in the fields of Moab that the Lord had visited his people and given them food. Uh, just for a moment, I want to talk to you from thought of subject. Uh, be careful how you cope. Be careful how you cope. Let me hear you say that. Be careful how you cope. These have been some crazy days. I mean, if the last year and a half has been some days that you could not have imagined. We've been living in some crazy times and some challenging circumstances. Some of the most challenging circumstances I think I've ever seen 
Um, we've been dealing with the pandemic. Uh, we've been confronted with racial tension. We lived through a tiring election season. We've dealt with an unprecedented number of lives being lost due to COVID-19. We've been forced into virtual spaces without our choice, even uh, Zoom spaces beyond our control. Some of us are completely Zoomed out. Even our churches were shut down for a period of time and we were forced to do virtual worship. We've been quarantined and some of us have been shut in houses with people we like. <laughs> and some of us have been shut in, well, you know, and not so much. It's been some trying times. Um, our lives have been disturbed in unimaginable ways, and it's enough to make any normal person reevaluate your faith. I mean, it's been a lot going on. And I haven't even got to your personal life because on top of pandemic, you still have your own personal issues. In spite of what's going on in the political climate, you still have your own private personal struggles. And today I don't want to really talk about what your individual struggle is, whether it's the national struggle, the worldwide pandemic, or your personal struggle. Really what I want to deal with in light of our lives being dis disturbed, what, what, what is that area in your life that was designed to bring you health, hope, and fulfillment that now seems to only leave you empty. Even further, the question is, what are you doing to cope? Uh, what are you doing, what have you done to cope with the disappointment that takes place in areas that should be God-honoring, in areas and people that should be God-honoring, in places that should be God-honoring? What are you doing to cope with what, what's all going on in your life? Those places that should bring you joy, but instead of bringing you joy, they seem to fall short of their intended purpose. You just keep coming up short in some areas. But my question is, if you can just get it in your mind, I want to know what are you doing to cope? Because, yes, it is true that even sometimes those places that God designs, those places that are God ordained, sometimes they leave us with unfulfilled needs. Uh, uh, God honoring, God honors family and God honors marriage. God honors productive work. God honors holy living. God honors Christian community. God honors church. But let's just be honest. There are times that each of them fail to render the needed components for sustained life and wholeness. Yes, I said it. Sometimes the things God has ordained seem not to come up to par. There are times when family, friends, and even church seems not to hit the spot. Preach Alexander. So the rule is, I'll say what you should have said <laughs> until you start saying it. So I'm good. I've been doing this 30 years. I know how to help myself. Uh, every now and then, <laughs> that's it. Uh, there, there, is, there is this thing that I have to deal with places I know God ordained, but they're not fulfilling me. Sometimes I got to deal with, I know God ordained church community, but sometimes I just don't want to go. And then when I'm there, I don't want to be bothered. I, I don't want to say anything to my neighbor. I want to get in real quick. Preach, Pastor. I want to get my word. And when they're doing closing prayer, I want to be on the parking lot. 
I, I don't want to sign up for anything. I just want to, there's some seasons, it, it just doesn't do it for me. I, there's some seasons, I, I don't even want my neighbor to talk back to the preacher like this morning. I want everybody to be quiet. I want to hear what he has to say. And then I just want to leave. That's all I want to do. There's some seasons like that. There, as much as I love my family, there's some times you love seeing your children come. You just can't wait for them to wake up. You remember how you just stood up over them while they were asleep, just watching them, taking pictures of them and kissing them while they're asleep. Then there's other days. When you hear them coming, you just, I mean, you, you understand. There's days you're just so in love with your spouse. You're calling them all day long. What you're doing at work? You call them back about an hour later. What you're doing? Still at work. And uh, what time you get off? And you're trying to make sure you're at home at the same time. And if you get there, you kind of wait for them to come home. And you can't wait uh, for them to come. You're in a good mood. Then there are days you're at home. And when you hear the garage door go up. <laughs> Everything in you just goes down. You can say, man, if you can, if they're sitting next to you, just wink at me. I can see your eye. I'm telling you, there are some days that uh, these areas that are supposed to be good just doesn't seem to do it for me. I found out something in this pandemic that I was addicted to food and I didn't know it. I, I went on keto diet and I tried to lose 20 pounds. I lost 20 pounds, but there was this big struggle. I found out comfort food really is a real thing. Comfort food, I don't care what you say, it works too. There's something about ice cream that makes you feel better. There's something about, uh, yeah, there's something, there's some, I promise there's something about macaroni and cheese with extra cheese that just does it for you. And so I discovered when I was trying to get rid of this stuff, how addicted I was to it. I'm telling you, I'm telling you comfort food really, I'm just giving you this one addiction I can talk about. Comfort food really works. And I discovered every time I get stressed, I just want to eat my burdens away. Now I know they're coming back, but they leave while I'm eating. You're not. I, I, I'm fully aware the bill is still there before the moment they leave. I'm telling you, it really works. And so it's been a struggle. But I'm asking you, what have you done to cope? What happens when there's a famine in Bethlehem? When Bethlehem, the house of bread, the place of God, the things God, not the bad stuff, but when the good stuff doesn't work anymore. The book of Ruth is about redemption. As a matter of fact, the word redemption shows up more than 20 times in just 85 verses of this short book. Uh, and for the record, it's the redemption of Naomi, not Ruth, although the book is named after Ruth. It's more about the redemption of Naomi who went away and God brought back. It's a symbolic of the redemption of God's people. It's, it, you hear me? It's a book about the redemption of Naomi who went away and God brought her back. It's symbolic of the redemption of God's people. It shows us what it looks like when God has to come get us from some bad places. The narrative is written, it's a narrative, but it's written like an extended parable. And, and, and today in our text, there's a famine in Bethlehem. The place that's supposed to be the house of bread, there's a famine. Preach Alexander. The place that's supposed to bring fulfillment and joy, there's a famine. And Elimelech, the husband of the house, the dad of the house, the leader of the house, decides to move to his family to this pagan society, this land called Moab. And I don't have time to tell you all about Moab. Just get a real bad place in your mind. 
And when you get the most vile, detestable place in your mind, you just arrived at Moab. And now we watch as we try to find out how Naomi coped. Let's just deal with something just at the opening of this narrative is you have a whole lot of names in the Old Testament that, that really, they're hard to say and they make no sense. And it almost sounds like you're speaking in tongues just to read them. It's easier just to skip over them. But for just, just indulge with me for a moment. You have Naomi, this beautiful woman. Woman, this pleasant woman, you have, you have Elimelech, you have Malon, and you have Kilion. And these names means, they're not like the names we have today. They, they mean something. <laughs> I can leave that alone if you just say amen. They, I mean, I can go right by that if you just say amen. They, they mean something. And so, uh, uh, and this is what Naomi is having to deal with, which makes her burdens harder. And that is having to contend with names and titles that don't live up to their meanings. Like Elimelech means my God is king, but he's not following God. Like Bethlehem means house of bread, but there's no bread. Like Judah means the praise of God, but there's no praise going on. And then there's Malon and Kilion, who means sick or disease or perishing. And the problem is the only people or the only two names that live up to their meaning are the sick folks. Because you can always depend on the sick folks, to, yes, to always live up to their name. Preach, pastor. I mean, but it's frustrating when you have names and titles that don't live up to what their meaning is. Like when you got husbands acting like little boys. Or wives acting like silly sisters or children trying to be grown-ups. Or mothers who are miserable and fathers who are immature. Or jobs who treat you like this is volunteer services. No raise, no advancement, no promotion. Churches that are missing the sense of sacred community to help me live out the highs and lows of the Christian walk. There is something incredibly frustrating with being surrounded with friends and family and people who don't live up to their titles. So Elimelech decides, I'm moving. I'm moving from Bethlehem, house of bread, to Moab. Now, let me just stop parenthetically and tell you, Elimelech was not moving permanently. This is believed to have been a temporary fix for a problem to kind of gain some immediate relief. There it is. When coping with unmet needs, we have the propensity to retreat to places that seem to bring us immediate relief. The danger is, often while coping, yeah, trying to get temporary relief, they turn, they turn into our permanent addresses. We must remember not to allow our coping to become the culprit that holds us captive that will ultimately lead to our demise. What are you saying? You got to be careful where you go to cope because you may just go too far. You got to be careful what you use to cope with life issues because you might go too far. I remember when I decided to go on that diet, I got on a scale and a number popped up. It, it was a number like in Revelation when John <laughs> saw all those people and they asked how many. He said, first time I saw it, it was 144,000. Next time. <laughs> it was a number 
no man could number. <laughs> I looked at the scale and I had a John number looking back at me. I had a, and I got out the scale trying to figure out how. I mean, nothing fit. Everything was just, and, and, and it was time to go up to another suit size. Nothing. I mean, and you can only hold your breath and preach so long. I mean, that only, <laughs> I promise that only works for, for a little while. And I tried to figure out how I got here and, and it was just trying to cope. And, and, and have you ever ended up in a place and tried to figure out how did you get there? And, and you weren't trying to do anything crazy. You were just trying to cope. Uh, because when you're coping, sometimes you can go too far. Preach, Alexander. You didn't plan on dropping out of ministry. You was just trying to take a break. You didn't plan on never paying your tithes. You were just trying to get caught up on some bills. You, you, you did not plan on cohabitating, translation, shacking. You were just trying to get through a rough season. And, and, but we found out Moab will take you further than you plan on going. And then Moab will keep you longer than you plan on staying. I, I have, I, I have resolved some things incorrectly. I have res, resided in some places that were inappropriate. And then I resigned from some things prematurely, but I was doing it all trying to cope. Don't leave me out here by myself because I got a sneaking suspicion that you've done some stuff just trying to cope. You've got into some toxic relationships trying to cope. Talk to me. You've developed some bad habits trying to cope you can jump up wave your hand do anything when i get to yours you you you've dated some people you shouldn't have even given your number to you were just trying to cope you've used some bad words some profane words translation you've cussed just trying to cope you've got into some bad situations and you got some debt spending money trying to get your mind it's called yeah it's called retail therapy have you ever spent too much money just trying to cope with something going your own in your life as a matter of fact you know you're trying to cope you bought it and never wore it. You just needed to try to get through the moment. Have you ever got into debt trying to cope? Have you ever hung out in a place you had no business hanging out just trying to cope? Have you ever ran with people that were really not people you should have been with, but you were just trying to cope? Have you ever indulged in a relationship, in a conversation, in a dialogue, picked up a bad habit? I'm sorry, I got to save folks in here who've never messed up. I need about ten and a half of y'all to say I've done some messed up things. But all I was trying to do was cope. I was not trying to go out of my mind. I was just trying to get through this season. I mean, I'm not the only one that's been like Grandmaster Flash in 1982. Don't push me because I'm close to the edge. I'm trying hard not to lose my head. It's like a, I wish, I knew you hadn't always been saved. Like a jungle sometime. Make me wonder how I. <laughs> I've been there. When all I was trying to do was cope. I've been there. When I was just trying not to lose my mind. I've been there. You've been there. You were just trying to take a sip. You didn't mean. That was not in your plans to drink <laughs> the whole thing. You were just trying to get the edge off. There have been many things we've done just trying to cope. And I know you're thinking, 
Naomi had valid reasons why she's in Moab. It was not of her own doing. She was simply following her husband. She was being a good wife, and Elimelech came up with the idea to go to Moab. And I know you're thinking that just like Naomi, you have some valid reasons why you are where you are because some of the things you're having to deal with is not your fault because people can get you out on a limb and then leave you. And some of the things you're having to cope with is not your own doing. And I know you're thinking just like Naomi, sometimes it's other folks, yeah, yeah, it's their actions and is their decisions that have sometimes left you in compromising situations. But I want to submit to you that you may not be responsible for being where you are, but you are responsible for how long you stay. I wish I had the right crowd here today because yes, you didn't get to pick the family you were born in. And I know sometimes you looked around and say they had to find me. I know I'm adopted. I know you may not be responsible for how the people changed up on you in marriage, in jobs, in relationships, in ministry, in church. You may not be responsible for the actions of those around you, but you are very much responsible. Yes. For how long you stay in a situation. Why? Because in verse three, it said a died. What do you mean? God always provides a way of escape. And whenever there is something that's not God ordained, he'll frustrate it long enough to give you an exit. You're not helping me. And you can quit blaming life on everybody else. Now, what happened in life may not be your fault, but it's your fault when you keep missing the exit. Oh, I wish I had about 10 folks just wave at me and say, I can no longer be 50 years old, still blaming my mother and father for stuff that happened 40 years ago. He's given me an exit since then. I can no longer be blaming my first spouse, my first love from 25 years ago. He's given me an exit by now. I cannot blame life on everything and everybody. God is good enough to always give you a way of escape. So I told you I've been, I've been preaching 30 years, so that means I've had a lot of funerals. I've buried, I've buried a lot of people. And, and, and so much so that whenever someone brings me the little book to read at the uh, cemetery, I know it by heart. I don't even have to open the book. I've, I've, de- I've done it so much. And I'm thinking, just come on, do with me, Alexander style. As, as bad as it had gotten in Moab, that when Elimelech died and they were at the cemetery, and the preacher was standing over Elimelech saying, my friends, whereas death has once more invaded our ranks and removed from this walk of life, our beloved brother, brother Elimelech, it's become my sad duty to commit her, his body to the grave, earth to earth, ashes to ashes, told you I knew it by heart, and dust to dust, and my inspiring privilege to commend her, his soul to our maker, redeemer, and Lord, and that confident hope that there will be the resurrection of the body from the grave, and there is life reserved for the children of light in the realms of glory. Naomi should have been gathering up all of her stuff. And Naomi should have decided that when I leave this spot, I'm going back to church. I mean, I'm going back to Bethlehem. I I hope you know Bethlehem represents the church of God, the house of bread, the place where you should come and get your fulfillment, the place where you should stay connected. And sometimes it gets so hard. Have you ever noticed whenever life gets rough, one of the first places you want to cut off is Bethlehem? Nobody ever gets mad and just just wakes up one day frustrated and say, I think I'll quit work today. But but we get we, we get angry and the first thing we say is, Well, I guess I'll just skip church today. Talk to me somebody. And so but the danger is the day I mean think about it. 
We go some places that are strange that maybe we shouldn't go. Like Walmart. Who <laughs> in their right mind just likes going to Walmart? You understand? Have you seen the people who come to Walmart, <laughs> but you still go? And, and, and some of us have problems on our jobs, but we still go. Preach Alexander. And some of us live with crazy people, but we still go home. Some of us have some messed up teachers, but we still go to school. I know what you're saying. I, I go to Walmart because they got some stuff I need. And I go, yeah, and I go to work because they have the check I need. And I go home because they have the rest I need. And, yeah, and I go to school because they have the education I need. And I know there might be crazy people there, but uh, but there's something there I need that's so important. It's more important than anything crazy going on there. Well, I go to church for the same reason. Yep, it's crazy people at church. But there's something I need there that's greater than anybody messed up there. Just like I look past the crazy people in Walmart, get to my aisle, grab what I need, and go back home. I've learned how to look over the crazy stuff in Bethlehem and get what I need and stay connected. She could have left. Somebody holler, she could have left. Then, not only could she have left, but but... Verse 6, it says, then she came, she arose with her daughters-in-law and was returning from the country of Moab, for she heard in the fields of Moab. Listen how the Bible is careful to give you the detail of where she heard the word. It, it keeps telling you, she, she, it could have just said she heard in the fields, but it said she heard in the fields of Moab. Why, why are you, you just said Moab. When you said she was about to leave the country of Moab, why why put where she was when she heard God, heard God's voice? Why say in the fields of Moab? Why, why is hearing God in Moab so important? Scoot up! You didn't move. You looked up. I said, "Scoot up!" It teaches us. That God can get a word to us in some strange places. God can not only get a word to us in Bethlehem, but sometimes God had to get a word to us in Moab. Now, just forget about your neighbor and everybody that's acting wonderful. It's some people in here can tell the truth that you've heard God sometimes, but it wasn't because you were at church. And it, it, it just wave at me. It's some people in here can say, as a matter of fact, some of the times I heard God uh, the clearest, it was it was because I was somewhere. Yeah, I had no business being. I, I I I got some friends who will tell you they did not stop going to the club because they had a prayer meeting and God touched their hearts and said stop clubbing. They, they'll tell you they were in the club and something popped off and somebody started shooting and while they were crawling to the door, they told the Lord, "I heard you." If you get me out of this, I need about 10 of y'all say, that's what I, that's when I heard him. I won't be back <laughs> anymore. Some of you have heard God in some strange places. And isn't it good news to know God can get a word to you even when you're in Moab? I need somebody to wave your hand and say, I have not always been at the altar when I heard God. Sometimes I've heard God when I was in some places I had no business being. Let me just be honest. Let me just be honest. Preach, Pastor. I'm not going to my next point till you holler. Preach, Pastor. 
let, let's just be honest. Let's just be honest. I, I, I'm not one of those people who hear God audibly. You know, some people, they wake up and he says good morning when they wake up, you know, and how you doing? I, <laughs> I've been saved like uh, this year makes 40 years I've been saved. I know you thought I was 25. This year I've been saved 40 years. And can I tell you the truth? I've only heard God audibly three times in my life. And can I tell you another secret you can't tell anybody, uh, that nobody, and that is that those three times I heard him out loud audibly, I was uh, in places I had no business yeah, being. Yeah, uh, Don't leave me out here by myself like I'm the only one. I mean, come on, make me feel better that, that I... That, that's when God has to speak loud to me. And I remember one of those times I thought, you know, I, I, I had a meeting because I had some family members who had rubbed me uh, continually the wrong way. And I called a family meeting and we got together in my office because they had con- constantly done some things that I thought was uh, yeah, inappropriate. And so while we were having the meeting, I had every intentions, brothers and sisters in Christ, to remain calm and use appropriate languages. And, yeah, and I had every intentions to handle this like a good saved Christian with the hopes of getting us to a better place in God and in our family and to restore the unity and we had the meeting and the meeting was going okay. It was not the best meeting. It was a little tense. You know they can be like that and it was going all right. But brothers and sisters in Christ, somebody in the meeting decided to jump up and go left on me. They, yeah, they they jumped up and started hollering. My nose started flaring out. It turned red. You know, the tip of my ears started burning. Water came in my eye. You know that pain when you're trying not to cry and your cheeks start jumping? My eyebrow went up to my hairline and I got up and I started popping off. I was saying words that needed no translation. I was just going off. I mean, I was... I told him where the bridge was. I gave him directions where the bridge. I even told him how to jump and told him who could jump first. And I mean, I lost my, my I got everybody told. I thought, got in the car on my way home, got ready to get off the exit. And I heard the Lord say, if you make it home, I'll kill you. I got back on the interstate, went right back to that office. And yeah, I wish I had somebody called all of them back in and I'll pop apologize why I was just trying to cope and went too far I need 30 and a half of y'all to jump up on your feet if you've ever gone too far trying to cope somebody holler too far but I was just trying to cope too far I was wrong I told God my bad now when family members do something to me, I say, y'all good. <laughs> do whatever you want to do. We won't have that conversation anymore. I'm telling you why. Cause you, because you can go too far. Do some stupid stuff. Trying to cope. I, I mean, wave at me. Have you ever done some dumb things trying to cope? I'm closing for real. <laughs> Would you... Would you indulge me just for a moment? She's, she comes back, and they see her coming to Bethlehem, and they look, and they say, look, that's Naomi. I'm down at verse 20 now. She says, don't call me Naomi, for the Lord has dealt, the Almighty has dealt bitterly with me. Here's my, she, she could have left then. She got a word in Moab, and now, I'm telling her, thank God he's still dealing with. 
You're saying he's dealt bitterly with me, but I'm saying, Naomi, since you were wrong, I'd much rather have God deal bitterly with me than God not deal with me at all. Can I tell you one of the worst things God can ever do to you is take his hands off of you. I'd much rather have God discipline me with his hands on me than God gets so angry he takes his hands off of me. So I told Naomi, you probably want to chill out because you're, you're the one in the wrong. And when you're in the wrong, you probably don't want to complain with her, him being rough with you. You probably want to thank God he's still dealing with you. And if there anybody can be honest and tell the truth, nothing but the truth, you've done enough that you're glad God's still dealing with you at all. Here, here's my last point. You can find your answer sometimes in your complaining. She said, the Almighty has dealt bitterly with me. I went away full, and the Lord has brought me back empty. I said, wait a minute. I told you I'm bad at the cost. I heard organs go off right there. Tamarines started playing. That was shouting ground. But you missed it. I see you're not from the same church I'm from. The, the, the church where I'm from, we would have started dancing right there. I'm going to give you another chance. Then I'm going to snatch a card from you. I went away full. Wait a minute. I thought when you left, it was a famine. I thought you left because there was no bread. Are you now saying that when you left in the middle of the famine, you were full. So have you now looked back retrospectively and realized on my hardest day, I was still full. And, and if that's the case, if on my hardest day, I was still full, that means whenever we look back, we realize as hard as it's been, God was still taking care of me. You, you can't grab anybody by the hand, I mean, because we're in a pandemic, but elbow him and tell him he's talking about me now. Because there's some days I thought it was real rough, but when I look back now, I realize he was with me every step of the way. Oh, you're missing it. I, I'm going to give you one more chance, but can you look back over some of those crazy moments that you thought God had left you, and now when you look back, say, ah, that was you right there the whole time. Well, maybe that one didn't do it for you. I got another one. I left full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Now, you, this is the second shout cue you missed. You brought, he brought you back empty. Well, my, when my God dad went home to be with the Lord, I had the privilege of, and it really is a privilege of getting and receiving his truck. And so I have a pickup truck now, a gray Silverado pickup truck. Yeah, me and a pickup truck. Yeah, and I'm so happy driving the pickup truck. But one day the light 
uh, yeah, the low gas light comes on on the pickup truck, but in my other vehicle, when the light comes on for the for for low gas, I got about two more days left. Preach, Pastor, and, and, and so I just yeah, I just ride yeah 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 because I know that light means I got some time. Just put gas station on your mind. Well, I'm on my way to the barber shop uh, with the first time in the pickup truck, and the light pops on, and and the gas station is right up the street. I said to myself, I'll get some gas when I leave the barbershop. Well, let me tell you, I had to walk to the barbershop because as soon as the light came on, the the car coughed. <coughs> And then it stopped. No warning, no putt-putt, no, I mean, I'm pumping, I'm shamed. I pastor in the same city for 25 years. Folks are driving by waving, and I'm out of gas. Because I couldn't go anywhere on empty. But Naomi said, I made it all the way back from Moab to Bethlehem on empty. You don't know when to shout. But can I tell you how she made it all the way back from Moab to Bethlehem on empty the same way you made it from that mess you were in to where you are today on empty. It said the Lord brought me back. How did you make it through all of your storms, through all of your rains? The Lord brought me back. How do you make it through tears and trials? Somebody help me. The Lord brought me back. Got one more thing. Then I'm out of here. May the Lord bless you real good. Happy 4th of July. But she says, I went away full. But the Lord brought me back empty. I say, Naomi, you using the wrong pronoun. You say, I went away full. But when you left, it was you, Elimelech, Malon, and Kilion. But when you came back, you're the only one that survived. I need 20 of you to jump on your feet if you can look back over your life and say some of the stuff I went through other people went through but they didn't make it some writer wrote millions didn't make it but I was I wish I had somebody to say I made it yes I did I made it yes I did I made it Is there anybody here that can look over your life and say, after all I've been through, I made it? Say yes. Oh, you didn't say it loud enough. Say yes. How did you make it? The Lord brought me. The Lord brought me. Did he bring anybody? Did he bring anybody? Did he bring anybody? Say yes. 